Wake up, Jah Warriors! Wake up from your sleeping slumber! Welcome, welcome, people, them, to another podcast episode from your favorite pod, What's Good. I am one of your hosts, Ash. And I am M. M, how are you doing? <laughs> I feel I feel as though you mean what's good. <laughs> what's good? I, uh, also, um, a little bit of an insight into the heavy side. It's Friday. We're recording at the end of the day, Friday. So trying to keep the energy alive here. But what's good, M? What's good? I am fantastic summer is on its way mm-hmm. and what's good is despite looking forward in most things we're doing a retrospective yeah. today we're looking into the solange a seat at the table album six years on bam 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 are you excited ash i am You're feeling it i am i just thought you were gonna ask me about all the things that i'm enjoying these days okay well what are you enjoying outside of outside of Solange? What are you enjoying? First of all, I'm always enjoying Solange, um, always. Uh, but in terms of things that I'm enjoying these days, I've been catching up to and just like that, um, <laughs> two syllables, Nima, or no Sima. I just want to be Sima so bad. I want the lush hair. <laughs> I want to be Sima so bad. I want her hair, her outfits, her deep voice. I want, I want all of it. Um, the, the tepid show, very tepid reboot. Um, but but it, it's all right. It's all right. Um, I have also been. Um, top of my list. Another thing that's on my list is the episode that Joe Budden had with Nicki Minaj. And in essence, our good sis was just talking about ownership and how Black people just do not get recognized for the ways in which they impact culture. So there's that. Um, I recommend it if you miss Nicki's voice and you just want to hear her rant for a couple of minutes. Um, But yeah, we decided recently or yeah we, we decided at the top of the month to do a little retrospective on a seat at the table and of course that had me excited I basically went on this whole rampage like I just listened to not only Solange but to Jay-Z as well <laughs> same same I I just yeah I think it, it's I mean the reality is somewhere around 2016, I stopped listening to too much new music anyway. So it was like the least arduous thing I've ever had to do. It was just like, oh, resume my normal playlist. Fine. Fantastic. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I'm interested in what culture you've been Yeah, I mean, but I, I was going to say, I think we were also really lucky in 2016 because we had some really fire music. Heavy hitters. Listen. <laughs> Heavy hitters. Considering it was such a tumultuous time as well. It was such a horrid time, yet we had such beautiful music, such fun music to accompany the terrible times. Um, What Um, was 2016 like for you? It was the best year of my life. Um, Conservatives had come in just the year before. Right. And the Brexit referendum was raging. And in fact, we did end up leaving the European Union, as you know, which I am just thrilled about. So thrilled. I'm thrilled. I love having my travel restricted. 
um I remember when that happened I was, in, I was in Berlin at the time and we'd actually just graduated yeah um my friend woke me up at 6 a.m to tell me that we had left the European Union right <laughs> <laughs> And then, and then, either a month before or a month after, she woke me up at seven to tell me that Trump had won the American elections. <laughs> Our said friend is really a bearer of bad news, or she was in twenty sixteen. <laughs> I do love the rip, rip, just rip the band aid approach, though. I love it. I love it. Like, as in every single morning, I, like uh, the both mornings, I just had guy, guy, wake up, wake up. Trump has won, or Trump has won. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh on a lighter God. note, though, I think 2016, 2016 was also a time when people spent more time with their heads down or their heads down because of Pokemon Go. Remember when people were just lifting their phones to find Pokemon? That was such a weird time. I personally don't remember that. Because oh, you know. I just, because I, I know that it happened. I was aware of all the articles, but it's one of those things that it's like, it, it must be occurring in a different society to the one I live in. Mm. You know what I mean? I guess so. I guess so. But remember when we were like whining our sorrows away with 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 work, <laughs> with work and one dance in 2016. <laughs> that summer 16, I do remember. I remember. I remember every girl trying to find that that Jamaican flag dress that Brianna wore. Yeah. <laughs> work video. Listen, I'm still trying to bring that back. I'm I'm bringing the bob. <laughs> the green lips. You know, I swear to god I was gonna say I remember you had that exact bob. I had the bob you know Riri is my style icon like I'm not even in front right now I love that girl I love that woman that future mother I I love her and the year of 2016 was the year of the trifecta we had music from Beyonce Rihanna and our you know our focus today Solange. Yes um so excited to be talking about Solange Piaget Knowles <laughs> Please. yeah legendary names legendary things mm-hmm. um so yeah see at the table was released in 2016 September to be specific mm-hmm. it was released uh by Solange under her new label I think it was the first album she did under that new label right and it was immediately quite wi- widely praised by critics and actually became her first number one mm-hmm. on Billboard. Yeah, and I think she actually won a Grammy for that, for Best R&B Performance for Cranes in the Sky. Was, That's right. So That's big right. album, big things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The question is, I guess, what were your initial thoughts when you first heard it? Do you remember? Oh, gosh. I mean, I was in such a rough place in 2016. And I think this was a welcome relief it was soothing in a way to just, you know, when you hear from an artist that you really love and they make good music, it's just, it's hard not to feel immediately better. I think I still feel the same when I listen to it today, obviously in a more stable (laughs) mindset. (laughs) I'm more stable now, but, but I, but I, I still love it. Initially it was just, I felt so seen. I don't know why I felt seen because I mean, I think the entire album essentially encapsulates the black woman or the yeah, the black person or the black woman's experience in America, considering this was off the back of Ferguson, right? Ferguson happened at this time. But it was basically a reminder of the fact that 
I mean, black women are still there. Black women are still struggling, but black women are also still thriving. But I find it interesting that while this is happening in America, there's just, there's just a common understanding that she was able to package into this beautiful album that I don't necessarily need to be American for, in a way. Yeah, I hear that, I hear that. Um, I have to be honest, I did not understand this album very well when it first came out. Okay. Like I remember listening to it and like liking the general sounds of it because I was very depressed. And hmm. all basically my entire playlist for like 2016 just read like, just, I think everything I listened to in 2016 was from someone who had had like a bout of depression or and or been in therapy for some time, basically. Because mm-hmm. you think about it, Auntie had that same tone of just like, being quite like dark and like deep and like um listening to life of pablo a lot as well yeah. uh listening to pimp to pimp a butterfly like i was banging it there's there's a song on life of pablo like called i still drove 30 hours and it's like so randomly dark yeah yeah so this kind of just formed that sort of like dark playlist that i was just kind of i had on repeat all of 2016 um, and I never really considered or like really felt what she was trying to sing about in most of what the album. And then I swear to God, it was just last year, maybe, that I finally understood, like the, there was one song in particular that like really, like really stuck out to me and that was Cranes in the Sky. Um, I will say at the time, I thought it was a massive departure from uh, the work that she'd given us previously. Uh, considering I was a massive fan of like Tony and like Sandcastles and, and that very much exuberant, bright work. So it was a question of like, again, where did this come from tonally? And like you mentioned, Ferguson was kind of, seems to be the backdrop of kind of how racially sensitive and, 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 and can like, it's a meditation on race, I guess it's, you know, that, that, that this album is, I mean, I almost feel like in this album, she's chronicling what what is it, like a new a new awareness in society about race. Um, yeah, what do you think? I really enjoy witnessing the Noel sisters awakening. I feel mm. like I mean, you were talking about Tony and Bright. I keep thinking about that. I think it was Melina Matsukas who who directed the video for. Um, Losing you? Is it losing you? Uh, mm-hmm. Or the, the one in South Africa, and that that music video is just so indelible. Like I love, I love it so much. It's so beautiful. I really wanted to get out there. Wanted to go dance with the folks in South Africa in my in my mm-hmm. very colorful blazer. You know, I love a blazer moment. Um, mm. But I, I, as I say, I love witnessing the Noel sisters awakening I like seeing them come into their own I feel like this was just these were just parts of themselves that they couldn't necessarily necessarily be um, because of the pressures of the music industry and the the image that you need to uphold and the things that you need to do to succeed in those spaces I think you feel an ease and a comfort and a just a, a, a proper sense of being when you hear um, Beyonce and uh, Solange break away from the traditional 
uh, structures of the music industry. And um, it's just, it's just really beautiful to see. I literally didn't feel any of this for five years. What? I felt nothing. I, I just thought to myself, wow, this is different from what she used to do, but it fits so well in my general feelings of sorrow right now. Play on sister, play on. And not a single thought of any like meaning was had from that point onwards. Um, I mean, I'm not, I'm, not back now, I'm definitely not going to front like in the, in, in the beginning, it was just beautiful sounds. Truly. It was just beautiful sounds because only recently yeah. have I actually been reading the lyrics to the, to the songs of the album. <laughs> you know, I'm like professional yeah. mishmashing of lyric lyrics. Like don't ask me to sing a song in front of yeah. the artist. I will mess yeah. that shit up. I will mess it up. However, yeah. I loved the music. I just felt so warm listening to it. And the few bits and pieces of the lyrics that I could actually pick up on were impactful enough. I mean, those interludes alone were enough for you to feel, to feel, you know? Oh, 100%. I mean, because I understand English, I understood the interludes at the very least. And I, I obviously got the sense that it was very much about race. But I think the issue is, she obviously by the time she's produced this what she's like 20 she's how old we are now essentially right she by the time this is out on the market she's she's basically our age she's like 26 27 um and so she's writing about themes that myself at what 21 i literally do not i don't like you know what i mean i have no idea what she's talking about right and so i think that was also the thing of age right where you can appreciate that there's something very meaningful happening here but you haven't had enough life experiences for it to all really mean something to you um and i don't know as as i, I so to speak as, as to how i feel about it now that I, I have like a bit of sense you know and a bit of change in my pocket um the song that like create canes in the sky i think when you're first kind of discovering adult emotions i guess and you have absolutely no coping mechanisms for it suddenly you suddenly you find yourself i don't know in the middle of a nightclub you know your pockets are down bad because you've been trying to drink it away or whatever and you think huh solange <laughs> you know yeah um and, and it's, it's it's little moments like that that over the years where i kind of found myself coming back into contact with themes um in the album and even there's a sort of invincibility that you have that you have during your youth you know and when when she says fall in your ways so you can come fall in your ways so you can sleep at night and i know the context that she means it for isn't necessarily the individual but kind of as growing older you're trying to think actually for accountability within myself like actually let me reflect and like let me see what needs to like crumble what needs to fall like let me see right so that i can rise and that stuff so i can sleep at night and there was a challenge and stuff and so actually her album has become so much more meaningful to me over the years on a much more personal level and 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 that's kind of i guess i don't know about is that has that been the same case for you i mean absolutely meaningful i think do you know that tweet you know that general sentiment that people have around dodgy tweets where they're like oh this didn't age well you know this album mm-hmm. will age very well <laughs> incredibly so. this album will age I mean we're six years in we're six years into coming up on six years into the album and it's still so relevant today we're still talking about the same themes or there, there's a general 
the themes that she discusses are still very pre present in the news around displacement and ownership mm -hmm. and blackness and the devaluing of the black woman. Um, these are all things that are still very, very relevant today. I think for me, yeah. one of the things that I wanted to understand, obviously this is with a bit of um, perspective, I was just trying to figure out who this album was for because it was, I feel like the album is a mixture of revolution or revolutionary sounds with also racism 101. I mean, you hear it through, don't touch my hair, dad was mad, um, right to be mad, mm -hmm. or the, the one with, 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 um, with Wayne. Um, mm -hmm. Some really obvious, some really obvious conversations happening there. It's, it's really dictating how you make people feel how what the black experience is in america in general yeah. um and these are these are oftentimes i always find it so funny when people just narrate such obvious things but they're obvious to us and not obvious to others so that's why i was questioning who who the audience is i feel like i were no it's not a worry i feel like it's a white audience i feel like there was a white audience in mind Ooh, shake the table. I mean, mm. maybe I'm sitting at the table and I'm shaking it. I'm shaking it right now. <laughs> wow, 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 wow. So I'm so bold and controversial. I love it. Um, but no, I, actually not controversial at all. I think the perfect interlude to demonstrate what you're saying is Tina taught me. Where she's all like, oh, just because I'm saying I'm proud of being I, I love being black and I'm proud of being black doesn't mean we hate whiteness. Why can't I be proud? We've known that. We have known that. Well, you know, we didn't. Exactly. We didn't need someone to tell us that. Exactly. We were, yeah. So I, I completely, completely agree with you. And I think it ties back to almost you. You know, in our in our Janet episode, we talked about how basically all of the Janet, the Jacksons, bar Janet, actually remember being poor, and Janet remembers growing up in a predominantly white area when they're quite well off. And so yeah, perspective. Bro. Solange is the ultimate babe in her family. Solange is totally the ultimate babe in her family. Absolutely. And and I think that that you're right, it is speaking to white people because it's it is coming from someone who has been in predominantly, I would say, white institutions more more so, right? I, I read a little bit about her and she did like accept apart until she was pulled out to be homeschooled. She was in a predominantly white school and apparently they interpreted a lot of her behavior for behaving badly. So her parents were like, you know what, just take her, let's just take her out, right? Happens. And so she, I, I can't help but think that that definitely formed her attitudes. And I think her, there's a sense of shock that we feel in this album that like, somebody who's actually like genuinely stunned at this world of black, like the world that the state of things as to where she finds herself as a black person. And I think it does come from being so much in like white spaces and then kind of the, the wall being like taken off of your eyes or however that saying goes and that's not uh, an indictment of Solange I think she's not definitely not the only one I'm always reminded of I think one of the most emblematic sentences that encapsulates a lot of black people especially the rich the bourgeoisie black ideas about race at that time is Pharrell's interview where he says oh the new I'm the new black the new black doesn't blame other races for our issues you know uh, and I think that was there was very much and if, if we can all, for those of you who are old enough, if you, can, if you can cast your mind back, when Barack Obama won the election, we were supposed to be post-race. Right. So everybody was on this, everybody was on this like, 
oh my god we are post-blackness like it's fine like race doesn't exist we, if we essentially barack obama was supposed to be the culmination of all the civil rights activism up until that point and if he could make it then the rest of us could we had absolutely no like it was you you just you had to be there <laughs> africa was rising you really had to be there right and it was a moment that that time was really a moment there was there was a moment there was a moment um not even 2016 just i would say just before 2016 right because like i would say right i would say up until barack obama's second term and then just i would say almost like the so it would be around like 2012 yeah and then i would say midterms happened and i remember that's when he lost control of uh one of the houses i can't quite remember which one he lost control of one of the houses and everything went topsy-turvy i feel there they, what we now see as like the gop that that's that real vitriol of like the, the uh alt-right really starts to rear its head right we start to see that with like real vengeance um and i think politics and like the 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 tone of things starts to change and like a all across the world really because even in the uk we start to see uh, the push of, for conservatism, um, like a lot of anti-immigrant sentiment, the push for Brexit. There's a lot of like a real tonal shift in the world around that time. Yeah. Um, anyways, so I think she wasn't alone in holding these attitudes of being like, oh, you know, not really considering race to be an issue and then having to to sort of like, like just very quickly get up to speed. And and for a lot of people, and I, and I suspect for Solange herself, as it says, is ferguson which happened in 2014 would have been the 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 match point right the the point that you everybody kind of went oh, wait hold on yeah the catalyst um, yeah the catalyst um and you know fair fair for her why what fair fair enough for her and again we see trump come into power so we see that there's a, almost a rejection of the obama trump couldn't be a more solid rejection of obama of a post-racial society he couldn't be a more solid rejection of all of those ideas and everyone's kind of questioning okay who are we yeah wow <laughs> that was really that was a very heavy time and i think the album itself helped provide some perspective, but also a level of, is the word alleviation? Yeah, I felt like it, um, you know, when things are just so poignant in mainstream media, when things go out, when artists make work that is just so um, representative of people's experiences, I think a lot of people felt very seen in that moment in in the times that oh at the time that Solange dropped her album because I mean I remember social media at that time it's like <laughs> they're very interesting moments on socials when black women gather and that was one of them on on yeah when black women gather the last time I remember feeling this way was when Issa Rae got married and all, that, yeah. all of the black women just gathered and there was just so much love for one another and so I just love when art is able to bring people like that together. Um, very, very influential. And um, yeah, I would I would also say that the one thing that I think distinguishes Solange from a lot of, because there was actually like a barrage of, I would say, quite reflective work released in that time. So 2015, Kendrick released um, To Pimp a Butterfly. And that is just one of the most iconic albums ever made, like in history of the world, right? 
it is so well thought out so well executed so it, it's 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 critical in a way that solange is incapable of being due to her more privileged upbringing i would say right so if you actually listen to to pimper butterfly it talks there's a lot more awareness of class within that album mm-hmm. and i think um, a seat at the table demonstrates but i think and then if obviously there was also beyonce's album lemonade released at that time but any mentions of race within that album were very much kind of used to further the storytelling about her and her husband's reconciliation right yeah and so we're looking at quite a few offerings on the market but she hers is really the only one as you said that sort of centers herself as like for the most part she as a black woman is centered in that experience black women are centered within that experience as opposed to you know race being kind of used as a as an explanatory tool for someone's relationship being mended or um in, in Kendrick Lamar's case it is race but told so so clearly through the the eye of a black man that I think most black women couldn't really relate to it or or put themselves in it so I think you're absolutely right that that's what really distinguished her work from a lot of the other kind of really race focused albums at the time yeah and I think I, I keep seeing them as a as a unit and that's because that's how they move. Um, but you're able to see the influence that the sisters have on each other. I think Solange more so on Beyonce, dare I say. I feel like Beyonce has a more commercial um, approach to talking about race which is not which is not a bad thing at all I mean we love (laughs) this is a this is a Beyonce stan podcast (laughs) I don't want the hive coming for me um Mm. but no she she has a more polished approach to presenting topics around race and politics etc etc but I felt myself gravitating more to something to the work of Solange because it felt like I don't know why I feel like she was making that work for the for the ordinary black girl. I've been reading a lot of stuff about about the ordinary black girl lately, and it feels like it it wasn't. It's not for the superfluous. How do you say that word? Superfluous. <laughs> it's not for her. Um, it's yeah. not. It's not for um, the showy girl. It just represented a really earnest. I don't know what it is. It just felt so much more earnest, down to earth so much more relatable to me than can go for it sorry can i interrupt you there? yes go for it i almost feel like knowing knowing you personally i can see why that would be this would be the one that i could see why you'd have related to this from the first time that you heard it i can see why it would still speak to you like more directly yeah i'm struggling um, to put it into words so i'm glad you get it i think it's i think it's a misnomer to call it the ordinary black girl because I think Solange and yourself are far from ordinary um but I think Solange is in a lot of ways purposefully strives to be a rejection of a lot of the more the the ideals that black women have to um exemplify to be able to be to achieve commercial success I would think within the pop industry in the west right doesn't make her ordinary, but she is definitely a rejection of quite a lot of the ideals. Yeah. And 
also knowing you personally, I know that you you enjoy what I can only describe as alternative styles. <laughs> <laughs> so so I can understand why this would be more for you. And you're you're more you're more of a contemplative. Uh, which is not to say that Beyonce is not content. Yeah, so I feel like Beyonce, yeah, you're more contemplative, right? You're more, I hate, I don't know, I can't find a more sophisticated way of saying this, but there's there's something about Solange that is not as... Polished. Not polished, yes, but, but almost uh, concrete sort of thing. There's something about her that's quite fluid, right? Like she's... Um, so like I can only and I, I hate to compare, but for example, there's when one of the things I really love about Beyonce as an artist and one thing that brings me back to her year after year after year is the level of conviction and absolute belief in her own self-significance that she has in every album. Period. <laughs> in every she does. There's such a conviction there that she exists. I don't know that she exists for a reason <laughs> that you must feel her there there's a force there that I, that I really that really for me appeals to me I can't say that I can relate to it necessarily but it really appeals to me I don't think Solange is necessarily out to imprint herself in that way I don't think she has the the, the desire for world domination and, and I guess in that way I see what you mean by ordinary woman the ordinary black woman she and which is bizarre though which is not bizarre but it's it's interesting you say that she's for the ordinary black girl because she does end the song with going i got so much magic you can't have it and one of the so she's still acknowledging that little black accident little black girl magic moment there yeah um but i, I get what i get why you, i get why you relate to her i do i don't know that i would necessarily class it as an ordinary black girl because clearly yeah she's I would say just the more alternative sides of it, right? Yeah. Like you almost think to yourself, where would uh, Willow Smith be? Kind of, would there be room for like a Willow Smith type almost without a Solange or um, most recently Little Sims, some of the stuff that Little Sims is doing. Yeah. You know, how much, how much, uh, how easily received would a lot of her aesthetics be without, without a Solange? So I agree. I, I do understand. I agree. I do believe I one thing that you said that really resonated or that yeah that struck a chord with me is her need well maybe not a need but her her ability to detach herself from expectations in in most spheres and I think actually you and I were talking about this in just in the context of marriage and partnership and we drew parallels between her relationship with her new man's to that of Janet and Renee's, which then furthers our <laughs> our Art Solange. So our Solange is the Alte babe in her family, and Art Bays are are real Bays. <laughs> Art Bays are the best Bays. Art Bays are the ones that get you into some sort of really phenomenal creative flow that gets you to make some really interesting work. But yeah, I I we were. I hate to compare again, but we were talking about how she so rejects those expectations while for, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how to say this without condemning. It's not even condemning. It just is. Beyonce just accepts. No, she wields the structures to make, to make them what 
to turn them into something that works for her, but mm-hmm. she still wields the system. She's still embroiled in the system as opposed to someone like Solange um, who just, just goes with the flow. I understand what you mean. And I think it's, it's only natural because Beyonce is the only child, right? And once they've achieved this eldest child rather, and once she had achieved, there was just far less pressure on Solange. Oh, you know what I mean? yeah. so she, just, she just had a family room and oh yeah it, it took Beyonce it just it just it took Beyonce a long time and I, you can't you almost can't blame her because she's still she's still by far the, the more you know it seems to us anyways that she's the more quiet of the two and just despite their their public despite the impressions of their 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 public personas I guess give she's the more quiet of the two and it's just because she did have the burden of having to please her parents a lot more so than Solange, right? The youngest right. always gets away with the father. Yeah. And so, um, and, and and actually in recent years, we've seen Beyonce try and shrug that off a bit more, you know, and, and assert her, anyways, give a lot of value to her thoughts and her perspectives. And I, I, I really appreciate, I, I love both Noel sisters. Both Noel sisters are legends in this house. Absolutely. Um, and, but I, I truly love Beyonce. Um, I, I sometimes I was what was I listening? I think I was listening to um, Selemonade the other day. And you know, from did you ever have it where you re-listen to something and just think I love you so much? Yeah. <laughs> How could you not? I was going through this. I was going through this moment. What well, like at the top of this week where I thought to myself, huh? I haven't watched Beachella yet. I mean, I haven't watched it in a while. Maybe it's time to whip that out. Every two months or so, I just bring it up. Do you know? Just to remind myself that we live in a world where Beyonce is still making phenomenal music and truly impactful music. And one thing I wanted to discuss was how much I love um, identifying lineage in music and figure out, figuring mm. how, out how the artists that we listen to are impacted by the ones prior and how they impact those after them. She talks about Alice Coltrane and Stevie, and Stevie Wonder being influences um, of her work. Sun Ra, Sun Ra and Stevie Wonder being both musical but aesthetic influences on her work. Um, and even someone like Kanye does this really well. Actually, I was even Beyonce does it really well with um, they both both artists do it well with with the sampling that they do. And uh, was it was it which one is the one that's higher? Is it Love Happy? The one where it's um, just, I think you're <laughs> apologies. Hi, yeah. yeah. Oh, those that's like that's Clark Sisters. You know, I I mm. I I love the way that musicians use basically educate a newer audience um by using those samples because you hear that and you think to yourself, oh, but who's that? What's that? And in that way, music mm. is music is eternal. I mean, can you guys tell how much I love music? Um, (laughs) um, But we were talking about her impact. You and I were talking about her impact on Black art today. And you mentioned Little Sims or Little Sims. I was actually thinking about how she influenced micro-influencers, really up-and-coming artists. There's this one called Sage Floca. I think her name is Sage Floca. Mm -hmm whose photography I now for some reason I see Solange in it um Carlotta Herrero I'm not sure if she's influenced by Solange but Solange is definitely influenced by her but you and I were talking Mm -hmm. about SZA just being a a more contemporary version 
of Solange, both, both in her, her sound, her aesthetic, her hair, her look. Yeah, no, I can, I can see that. I think, so I, I've really been wrestling, and it sounds bizarre because this is not a pivotal question in the world by any means, what the impact of this album was. And it was really distressing because if you look at the Wikipedia for Lemonade and like Pimper Butterfly, they both have sections talking about the impact, but not a seat at the table. You know what I mean? So it almost feels oh, like wow. even the writers, right? So even the writers of whoever, whoever the gods are that edit Wikipedia have also failed to like collect significant evidence for this, the impact of a seat at the table, which seems insane because it was literally talked about ad nauseum when it first came out. Um, so I've been asking myself, is it that there is not an impact? Like, like I think, and if there is no, if there isn't an impact, why do I feel that is? There, like it definitely feels like there is, but I can't, I can't. It's not, it's not. It doesn't feel very tangible. I um, think if I think you need to something, you need to notice something. You need to notice the caliber of artists who make this type of music, and I think someone a a, a little something or a young something, especially in the U.S., who's trying to make it big and make it mainstream, is unable to make music like this. I mean. It, it, the, the boundaries or the barriers have been lowered a little bit with the likes of um, Lil Nas X, for example, not necessarily making absolutely revolutionary work, but, but just presenting himself as himself, as opposed to hiding and having two different personas, one behind the camera and the one in front. Um, Yachty talks about anxiety. Tentacion talks to, talked about anxiety and depression, and you hear all of that. But right now, to make Black revolutionary work, it kind of feels reserved to the likes of J. Cole, Kendrick, J. Um, it's not, I feel like, what's, um, what is her name? Uh... A rapper or a singer? She's a rapper. She made um no 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 uh, no she's even more underground. Uh let me figure it out. Rory and well, maybe say Azalea Bank. Not even. <laughs> not even. <laughs> um gosh, why is her name escaping me? Anyway, it feels like black revolutionary art is reserved for those in higher status, the Jay-Z's, the Kendrick's, the Beyonce's, the Solange's. I feel like the higher up you go in your career, the freer you can be to say such things. And talking about race is still very difficult throughout, all around the world. It's not, it's not the easiest um, conversation to have, especially when your art and your money depends on it. So her ability to just there is a privilege in her ability to talk about race in her music, if you understand what I mean. I would completely agree because I was trying to think about that kind of what is the closest approximation to what Solange has given us before and after Solange. And the two instances I could think about pre-Solange that are still in like recent memories are Miseducation of Lauren Hill and Baduism by Erica Badu. But more on the nose, miseducation of Lauren Hill, because I actually spoke to like wider societal issues and yeah. wider black, wider black societal issues from a woman's standpoint. Um, and if I think about why Lauren Hill was able to make an album like Miseducation, was because she had this like storied career with the Fugees. You know, not I mean maybe she'd have been able to do it, but she'd built such a, a fan base, she'd built, you know, a stable stable enough base almost, right? 
Um, I, I just also, I have to say, I don't think the themes of Buddhism were, were controversial enough to, to actually stand necessarily as a comparison, comparison to a seat at the table, but I think the musical stylings are quite similar, which is why I brought it up. Um, so I, I'm in complete agree. I'm, I'm completely agreeing with you that I think that it requires a certain level of financial sturdiness and and cultural capital to be able to make a, a, a real commentary on race, shall we say? Yeah. And for it to be viewed as um. And also, I will. I will. I'll also argue that to be honest, that whatever commentary you're able to make about race has to be a bit defanged, defanged mm-hmm. to a degree. Because I'm like a seat at the table, and I think there's there's a real need for artists when they make these commentaries about race to end it in like a way that like wraps it up in a pretty bow. So with her, she has closing the chosen ones where she, he's like, yeah, we came to this country as slaves, and we are we're, we're now we're kings, and da, da da da, and so that we can eventually show that we're really the chosen ones. And I think to myself, why do you need to be a king? You know, um, why why must you? Get, for a king to exist, there must be people who are subjects. Why must you replicate subjection? You know, if you look at Jay-Z's 444, which was released a year after, so 2017, and also, again, is like, for me, from what I can see, one of the first Jay-Z albums ever classed as conscious hip-hop, and is no doubt influenced by, um, you know, the happenings up until this point, the racial happenings up until this point. Yeah. He ends... I, I, I think he ends that album with Legacy, which is very much like Legacy, where he's just talking, again, the thing is, how far can you really strive from your roots as an ultra-materialist? <laughs> so yeah. he's talking about, you know, how to, he's just trying to teach people how to invest and how he's going to, like, divvy up his will between his children and his nephews and his nieces and things like that. And so I'm, I'm, I'm a bit conscious that even we'd say that people, that, that, oh, you have to have a certain level of clout, stability to be able to create a, a, a racially charged album. Beyonce ends. Uh, Beyonce ends lemonade with all night long, and she and you know my torturer became my remedy. Da, 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 da. And no matter how racially charged things feel, they often they're often still quite defanged. It's almost like they're just kind of what we're actually seeing are these artists just acknowledging that they're black mm-hmm. <laughs> in a world that is racist, and then not going too much further and or or and or suggesting solutions that are very much we're going to earn more money <laughs> and or we're going to try forgiveness and or black girl magic or, and, and but also capital success so i'm a bit i don't know I'm, I'm a bit disheartened in a way i think the most interesting conclusion to i would say the the i would say this the f- four recurring albums that we keep bringing up is to pimp a butterfly which ends with mortal man and in Mortal Man, Kendrick is talking about, you know, like how the, the caterpillar becomes institutionalized by his c- cocoon. And he, he's working to preserve this cocoon. Meanwhile, actually, he needs to become like a butterfly. Right. And but he just he just doesn't realize that he like he has that capacity and he has all this like talent and beauty within him. So he's working to preserve this cocoon. And Kendrick ends the album with trying to how are we going to get the cap- caterpillar to recognize that they that they there's a metamorphosis to be undergone. You know, there's an ownership to be taken of their own talents, da, 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 da. and I think for me, bizarrely enough, because I actually don't agree with a lot of Kendrick Lamar's views on race, is one of the most most viable means of moving forward. Mm. I guess that that I see that I've seen in all of these albums. 
seems to be the most and I think I think the reason it comes from Kendrick is because he's still at a place where he's still quite class conscious whereas I think unfortunately Beyonce Jay-Z and Solange are really quite removed from the experiences of like more working class black people in America mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. but ultimately still a really good album in terms of the it's the strength of its racial commentary I don't know that it's the strongest um it wasn't I, my comment wasn't necessarily about the strength of the commentary I just mean it's the the fact that she's actually able to make that commentary not public but reach so many masses and I'm not saying that others can't make this type of music I think about not as popular rapper no name whose entire work and catalog is around feminism yeah. and black womanhood and the state of the black person in America um I just like the fact that these narratives can be discussed from through different voices um I like that there's yet another voice who is relatively mainstream who can talk to the black woman's experience because it feels like in the fight for quote-unquote equality racial equality Black women are often not centered in those conversations. I I agree with you and kind of almost like in summing up, I do think that if I had to pinpoint what was what is really, really important about Solange's perspective. In fact, the fact what's so important that why it's so important that Solange has a seat at the table, if you will. (laughs) I'm so pleased with myself, gosh, Um, is that almost like Janet again. You, she does present an image of a black woman that we, is very rarely seen and the yes. perspectives are rarely seen of being honestly being being well off yes but also not fitting necessarily the existing archetypes of black women yes. as a mammy or jezebel or or what's the other one that said there's like mammy jezebel and there's something else and i can't quite remember but you know she doesn't fit any, into any of those archetypes and that's what i mean there's a fluidity that she speaks to but she seems to just be not like kind of playing with them but still evading them mm-hmm. right um, and it feels a lot like the, the the room that janet had to be really sexual but not considered really i don't know no one i don't know i don't know that anyone considered extremely vulgar right for, for most of it right i was it going to make the like same point fun. i was actually going to make the same point with bins you know mm-hmm. that's literally what i was going to say she can be sexy and sexual without being vulgar and that I really appreciate the fact that some an artist like her exists because she's actually carving out space for more like her because there are more like her absolutely like even re-watching her stuff I couldn't help but notice how similar our bodies are right and they're very I mean like she she doesn't have she's not like the most chesty person but she they're very few bodies black bodies black female bodies that look like her and are celebrated i would say in within black art circles you know especially within black music i would say most of the people that i think make it have very very hyper feminine and and it's wonderful and it's it's a joy to behold i think i think the beyonce's and the megan's and the sweeties and the nikki's they're again wonderful to behold absolute gorgeous people very happy every time i see megan i'm so happy that she exists you know but at the same time when i was watching when you know when you see something and it 
triggers you as to how much you don't how infrequent it is that you see bodies like that where you know she had she i don't know her very well but it looks like she has like just her natural like thing everything seems natural there there are no like wild proportions going on you know it just it just looks like the same body that you look at you see when you look in the mirror and there's something in and of itself that even the way in her album cover she's not wearing eyeliner right it's those little things and it's so there's something very freeing about it solange is the carefree black girl she is she is um yeah i'm just really happy that she exists solange shows us that there is another way of being or it's okay not that there's another way of being but it's okay to be what you currently are because if you you actually listen to the the nikki episode that i referred to in the beginning of the episode she talks about how there isn't she talks about how the archetype of the female rapper is actually upheld Mm -hmm. by women it started off Mm -hmm. it started off um being established by men but women have continued to uphold it and while solange doesn't solange is not in the rap category yet um (laughs) i love the solange (laughs) rap album um while she's not in that category yet um i'm just really happy to see a different representation of who we could be who some of us are and um yeah i'm gonna go listen to bins now and shake my booty yeah no and i I will say the thing i we i think earlier on discussed how actually her also there's she doesn't seem to have made it into the musical vernacular vernacular a lot for how iconic some of those uh videos and album cover were off of a seat at the table but i went back and looked at it and she actually only had two albums for that two videos for that entire album so i think that's also why it hasn't permeated in the way that you would expect yeah go on solange we love your vision and perspective and love you solange (laughs) 